A very warm welcome to the Online Marketing Rockstars podcast. This week's episode will feature one of the most interesting men in um, digital marketing these days. He's an investor, an entrepreneur, um, owns a big marketing agency and a social media phenomenon. You can follow him on all different platforms. He posts and publishes almost every day. And um, on March 3rd, he will be one of the headliners of our Online Marketing Rockstars conference here in Hamburg. He will appear on stage in front of 6,000 people. Um, we wanted to talk to him a little bit ahead of the event and hear about his life, um, what's going on, what he's doing, his strategies, his tactics for the upcoming month and his perspective on the digital marketing world. Um, let's see what we chatted about. Uh, please enjoy a podcast with Gary Vaynerchuk. Hi, Gary. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time. Um, just, a, just a quick recap for our listeners that don't know you yet. Um, who are you? What do you do? I'm an entrepreneur that has a kind of a, one of these uh, American dream stories. I was born in Russia and then, uh, and then went to uh, America when I was a little kid and uh, grew up as a uh, baseball card lemonade stand selling candy, a hustler kid. And then, um, and then my dad worked himself up from a stock boy into owning his own store. And, uh, and really, uh, I, I had the opportunity of going into that family business as a kid and, and eventually transformed it by launching one of the first e-commerce wine businesses in America called winelibrary.com uh, and built up a very large business, uh, grew it from a four to a $60 million business. And, uh, on the back of email marketing on the back of Google AdWords, on the back of YouTube, on the back of Twitter and social media. Uh, then I transitioned into investing and I invested in Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, did very well in that world. And then I, uh, then I started an agency called VaynerMedia, which is a full service digital shop, which is now a 700 person, five office, hundred million dollar revenue business that I'm very proud of. And, uh, and uh, along the way I wrote four New York Times bestselling books on business and social media. And, uh, and I produce content daily on YouTube and Instagram and Snapchat and other platforms and do a lot of public speaking. And now I'm the uh, co-star of a new TV show called Planet of the Apps that's going to play on Apple, which is a app shark tank. Uh, I'm a hustler. I'm a, I'm a workaholic. Uh, I'm somebody who loves his family and loves uh, his community. And uh, my ambition is to buy the New York Jets. <laughs> uh, which is an American football team worth $2 billion, $3 billion. And so I'm on the grind. I'm hustling. Even though I've made it, I haven't made it in my mind. And uh, I want to achieve for myself and I want my community to achieve for themselves based on self-awareness. I don't want my community to do what I do. I want my community to do what I figured out, which is once I understood myself, I was able to put myself in a position to be successful. And that's what I want for them. Um, when did you first realize that, I mean, it is interesting to become like a social media personality? Yes. I mean, did you, did you like learn about that while at the, well, in the wine business? I mean, obviously no, you were a wine no, expert. No, I mean, as you, you may know this, I mean, I was so early. I started one of the first YouTube shows in 2006 and that's when online personalities really started YouTube. So I didn't know that that's what it was going to lead to. I knew that YouTube people were going to be famous. I understood that, but I didn't understand uh, that I was going to become famous. I thought I would use 
my ability and understanding it to build businesses. And so somewhere around, you know, the wine show became very successful. I became very famous in the wine world, um, which was great. But, uh, you know, somewhere around 2009, 10, I started talking about business and how I was doing it and entrepreneurship and, and motivation and self-awareness. That's true to everybody. Not everybody loves wine, but everybody loves trying to figure themselves out and become more successful in life and in business. Uh, and that, and that built me up and that took me to a different place. And, uh, and so I've always thought I had something I, people always gravitated towards me. I always knew that I had enough self-confidence and self-belief and self-awareness to achieve my goals and impact other people. I could have never predicted the internet was going to come along and change my ability to reach everybody, let alone myself and my friends. And so probably around 2009 after Crush It came out, so many people reacted so positively. I knew then that my life was going to go in a different direction. And then Crush It. My first book, Crush It, was a very big success. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. And, mm -hmm. and uh, that helped. And then, and then I gave a keynote at Web 2.0 in 2009 that became very popular. And so, you know, I've had these moments when I've known, when I did Conan O'Brien, the famous late night show in America, mm -hmm. and everybody reacted. Mm -hmm. I knew there was moments, I think over the last six months to a year, I've really started noticing a, a, a hyper growth. I'm picking up a lot of followers. Uh, I, I'm, my engagement is through the roof. It's, uh, I've, I've really started building an organic momentum. And so, you know, I, listen, in 2009, Crush It! was about becoming personal brands and how to become famous on the internet and how to turn that into a business. And so I saw this coming a long time ago. I, uh, I, uh, I just think it's now gonna be you know, I think online celebrities are no longer going to be said online. They're just going to be the most famous celebrities. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, how do you monetize that? I mean, maybe how do you monetize it and how big is your community today? What, what are the, the, the people that you consider your community? Are those your, your Facebook followers? Yeah. Are you the followers? I have 1.3, you know, I have, have 1.3 million on Facebook, 1.3 million on, on Twitter. I have 800,000 on, on Instagram. I mean, you know, five, 400,000 on YouTube subscribers. Like I have community everywhere. Uh, I don't monetize it, believe it or not, really. I sell a book for $13, $14 once every few years. I'm not really monetizing my community. Uh, I'm, what, what I'm doing is I'm learning from my behavior to build a community and then I'm deploying it against my wine business, against my clients, against my startups. So I'm a little bit different than most people, whereas I'm not trying to monetize the community. I don't have courses or masterminds or, or things, or, you know, I'm not really, really monetizing the community, but people can, and there's a lot of opportunities. And the other thing is D rock. And the other thing is there's a lot of people who, uh, can D rock. I see you. Sorry. Uh, anyway, um, sorry, interviewers just trying to find D rock. Uh, I, uh, I think that, you know, if you're, if you're building your brand around being an amazing candle maker, and you sell candles, but you also put out content about the candle industry, about, about home decor, about meditation, about making candles, about your life, you'll sell a lot more candles. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, is that all in the end that it's a funnel that you're building? You are the, in the very first, um, or in the upper funnel, and you're trying to drive traffic to your agency? Is that the business model? No. Not, yes, I would say no and yes. I 
don't forget, I was 35 years old before I started becoming a personality. So, so I, unlike a lot of people, never set out to be a personal brand business or use my personal brand to be the funnel. I knew how to build businesses before my personal brand kicked in. Does it happen that my personal brand creates a top of funnel behavior that has led to some clients at VaynerMedia? Yes. My problem is though that VaynerMedia works with the biggest brands in the world and Fortune 500 companies like Chase and like Toyota and like, you know, Budweiser, they don't care. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's a detriment, right? They they're mm. concerned that I'm spending too much mm. time on that versus them. So, uh, th- what I'm doing is I'm gathering attention and attention can be deployed against anything, whether that is to raise awareness around Crohn's and colitis because my brother has Crohn's and I want to do that. Whether that's to make more New York Jets fans because I want more Jet fans, whether that's to sell more wine at Wine Library or to every two years sell my book or if I come out with a, I mean, I could do anything I want with it. And so you're right in the fact that I understand that, that, you know, internet people call it top of funnel because everybody talks in data terms. It's called brand, right? When you build a brand, you can do anything. And I don't mm-hmm. buy I don't buy Nikes because you guys recookied me or put me into your CRM. I buy Nikes because it's a brand, right? And okay. so and so yes, I think about brand in a world where I think most digital marketers think about sales. How much how much percentage of your of your daily work do you deploy for that brand for the Gary Vaynerchuk brand? Well, I came up with something very smart a year ago. We started something called Daily V, which is my daily blog on on YouTube. When you heard me earlier yelling D-Rock, that's my uh, that's my whole film world. David Rock, D-Rock, he's actually sitting. We are in an airport right now. I'm looking at him. He's filming me right now. Now, okay. what happens okay. is I'm just living my life. So I've been able to kind of not have to spend any of my time on content creation. I'm on content documentation. So I'm documenting, I'm not creating. And then from that content, if I say something clever in this, in this interview, it may make the daily V and then my team will email me and say, hey, you said this quote, do you want to make that a quote card, a quote image on Instagram? I'll say yes, then they'll send me a bunch of pictures and I'll approve 50 at a time. And now all of a sudden I have three Instagram posts every day because it's my image over a quote here, right? And then they'll listen to this whole episode and maybe it becomes a blog post and my writers will ask me a couple more questions and they'll take all my words and create an article and we'll take one clip of this for 31 seconds and it'll become a mini video for Facebook and YouTube. So what I've done is I'm spending all of my time and none of my time on my brand. Okay. Okay. And, and what is it that you're really good at? I mean, You used to be like an online marketing expert or like a yep. social media expert in, in, yep. in, 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 in quotations. Um, and, and now what are you? I mean, are you, are you more like a, like a celebrity person and, and that nope. you're like living off nope. your brand or do you nope. still have like a substance below be, be, behind nope. all that? Hold on one second. What's that? I don't have a voucher. I have it on my phone. I don't, I don't know. I don't work at the airport. Um, and so, um, go ahead. No, I, I just want to find out like, what, what, what's the substance of, of what you're doing? I mean, are you, are you oh, seeing I'm yourself the, as I'm, an online I'm, marketing expert no, or no, what, no. I'm the wine C- expert? I'm, no, no, no. I'm this right now. I'm the CEO of a, uh, of a hundred million dollar a year revenue, classic, you know, Madison Avenue 
digital agency. No different mm-hmm. than AKQA or or Droga Five or you know, I'm 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 the operating executive of a of a of a digital agency doing B2B client services and I'm an investor. I'm a venture capital angel investor and I'm looking at deals and investing in companies. Did, did, did your celebrity um, early on help you to get into deals such as Facebook and, and yes. all these things? Yes. My, uh, so, my, my personal hmm. brand is a gateway to a lot of opportunities um, and, and it was absolutely the reason I was able to get into Facebook and Twitter and things of that nature. Can you, can you give us a, like a little glimpse of how that worked? I mean, did, sure. they, did, did Mark Zuckerberg I'll, I'll, call I'll, you because he liked you on the internet or how did that work? I made a video uh, that Facebook should be worried about Twitter And uh, and in 2009, and Dave Morin, the head of platform at Facebook, emailed me and said, hey, this video has gone viral inside of Facebook. Will you come to Palo Alto and give a talk about why you think that? I said, sure. I went, I talked, I talked about personal brand. I talked, excuse me, about consumer psychology, where I saw the world was going. Mark came up to me after the talk and said, can we have dinner tonight? I said, yes. We hit it off, we started texting. He started coming to New York and we would spend time together and we built a relationship. And then one night, his uh, sister, Randy Zuckerberg, called me and said, hey, uh, my pa- our parents are selling a bunch of Facebook stock. Would you like to buy it? And I said, yes. And I bought a, a lot, a, a big amount of Facebook stock at what is now an extremely low valuation compared to what it's worth. And, uh, and that's how I did it. I was at South by Southwest 2009, uh, 2008. Uh, I... A lot of people knew who I was on Twitter because I was Gary Vee. I was one of those people that was followed a lot because I would reply to everybody on Twitter. I was the first kind of guy to do that. That made me internet Twitter famous. Uh, Blaine Cook, the CTO of Twitter at the time, uh, came up to me when I was walking by, said, hey, let's have breakfast. We became very friendly. Six months later, he left the company. He was disgruntled. He wanted to sell all his stock, and I bought his stock. Quick break to tell you about a little discount that we have for all of you that really enjoy listening to Gary. As you know, he's our guest on our main stage on March 3rd here in Hamburg in front of 6,000 people. And if you really want to be there and if you're an international listener, which you obviously are, we offer you a 15% discount. All you have to do is go to our website, onlinemarketingrockstars.com and um, purchase a ticket. And before you finally purchase it, just enter... Um, the code Gary um, and that will reduce the ticket price by 15%. Also, we have a special extra gimmick for those of you that travel the longest distance to come to Hamburg. Write an email to Vincent, my colleague Vincent, Vincent Kitman, vk at omr.io and tell him your name and where you travel from. And if the place you travel from to Hamburg is the place that the furthest away or the longest distance you get two tickets for free. Okay, just write to vk at omr.io and tell us where you travel from. How did you make like your first money to be able to buy that stock? I mean, it sounds so easy, uh-huh. but you have to have that first money so, to, so, to buy like from yep. Mark's parents. So when I was a young kid, I made a lot of money selling baseball cards and comic books and toys. And then I started working for my dad's business and I was making, you know, when I was 22 to 28, I was making 35 to $55,000 a year, but I had no expenses. I didn't go on vacations. I didn't buy fancy things. So I saved my money. I saved my money. I saved my money. And then when the, you know, I had hundreds of thousands of dollars, I didn't have millions. 
I had hundreds of thousands of dollars because I didn't spend anything. And, uh, and then I started making $100,000 a year and 150000 a year. And by the time I was 33, 34, when I had that opportunity, I still not bought a home. I was still in an apartment. I was 33 years old and I was renting. Mm. And uh, because okay. I was saving cash to go on the offense. And I knew something would happen one day and did. And so when I had a chance to invest in those companies, I put hundreds of thousands of dollars, not millions, but those hundreds made millions, made tens of millions. And so that's it, nothing crazy, nothing. I didn't have any crazy, crazy advantage. There's a lot of people that make $55,000 a year when they're 23. The problem is they go to Coachella and they wanna buy a watch and they wanna buy a BMW and I didn't. So I ate shit for 13 years and then I had a moment and I struck. And that, mo- that moment changed my financial outcome. And is it fair to say that b- besides that, the other secret to your success maybe is being really early on, on the decisive platforms, being really early on Twitter, being really early yes. on Snapchat? And- yes. I'm, I'm okay. very good at recognizing which platforms have a chance. And I, and I work on them. And some of them become Plurk and Yobongo. And, and, and Vine, and some of them become Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram. And, I, and, and I've been good at not betting on too many things. And so for example, last year, Anchor, Pair, those were two platforms I looked at heavily, but I quickly decided it wasn't gonna be humongous, so I left early. Vine, I thought would be really big. It did get very big for a year or two, and then it didn't, and that's fine too. Snap, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, They had five, seven, and 10-year runs. And so, I, uh, yes, I've been very good at not only recognizing, but then executing and putting my time and efforts to produce content and storytell on those platforms. So what's coming? Is Musical.ly still hot? Is Musical.ly still your best, best bet right now? I think Musical.ly's lost a little bit of momentum from where it was three or four months ago. So um, it's still hot, and it's very hot for 13, 14, 16-year-old teenage girls. But it still hasn't proven to me that... 25-year-old dudes and 44-year-old women are going to be on that platform. And until it proves that, um, it can't be too big. And is, is Snapchat at risk um, of, 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 of losing momentum because of all the copying going on? Like Instagram yes. basically becoming the same as Snapchat is? Yes. Instagram's aggressive four months of features, copying features, and to their credit, creating new features has created vulnerability for Snapchat's momentum. Um, and it will be interesting to see what happens. But I think Snapchat with spectacles and with a lot of other moves uh, down the pipeline with AR and other things of that nature, I think are making a lot of good bets and we'll, we'll see what happens. Anything else that you see on the, on the horizon that's coming up um, that, that we don't know yet maybe? I think the one that has most of my attention was uh, I invested in a company last year called Meerkat that was very hot and then quickly got killed by Periscope and Facebook Live. And they quietly pivoted to something called House Party which is now picking up enormous momentum. And that's probably the only thing I'm really paying attention to. Okay, okay. so and, and on Snapchat, it's fair to say that you're a little, you're a little skeptical on, 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 their, on their future. No, I would say I'm the other way. I'm probably more bullish on Snapchat's uh, future than a lot of people right now because people are lazy and think just copying is enough to kill Snapchat, and I don't believe that's true. Okay. Um, What was the role of your books? I mean, was it still in 2015, 14, maybe 16? Is it still like a really good idea to write a book? Is that what you need? I mean, how important were the books for you? The books were important. I mean, everything everything is important because um, because everybody consumes content differently. Television's important. Books are important. Math. 
magazines are important. This interview on your podcast is important. Social media is important. Uh, so the books are very important because a lot of people read books, whether in digital form or in print form. So I would say the books have been an important thing. I continue to believe in, in books and think that I should do more books and, and, uh, and, uh, and bullish on, uh, on what, what books bring to the table. And so, um, uh, I will continue to write books until people stop reading them. I mean, how big is the team that manages you? I mean, there's somebody has to help you write the book. Somebody's like around you filming you right now, as you just mentioned. I mean, who's like managing all your accounts? Is that yourself? I mean, are you like writing on Twitter? Are you replying on Facebook? Who's doing all that? Me. Anything that has my face on it is my account. I do. So I manage all my community engagement. I have people help me get my content to where I need to. I have a ghostwriter, so it's all my words, but she creates, Stephanie Land creates the sentence structure and the framework for me, because I'm not good at that. Um, so I, you know, I have a lot of people around me, but I do not outsource my actual engagement, which is a huge mistake that a lot of people make. Because then it's not authentic anymore. Correct, and I will never waver from that. It is always me, and people always tweet like, oh, Thanks, Gary Vee's assistant, for just replying. And then I'll take the, my phone and I'll put it on my face and make a video and go, no, John, that's me. Mm -hmm. um, um, I mean, is it, is it realistic to like make enough money to buy the New York Jets with just an agency business in the end? And just like Absolutely a not. No, of course not. The reason I'm building the agency is it's going to be the platform that I use when I buy brands and uh, other businesses. And I'm going to run them through the executives that I'm training at Vayner and use Vayner. And so no, it's, it's just another stepping stone. So when you're thinking about buying things in a 30-year window versus a three-year window, your behavior changes. And so, so for me, it's a, it's a stepping stone. I'm very proud. You know, I'm very proud that I've built a $100 million revenue business, not a $100 million valuation business. And mm -hmm. so it's doing very well. It's worth a lot of money. Um, it's going to do very well, but it is absolutely a stepping stone and it's another piece. It wasn't realistic to buy the Jets with a wine store business. It's not realistic to buy the Jets with VaynerMedia, but I do think VaynerMedia will be the piece that is built on top of that allows me to buy them. So, so the next step is then to buy brands or like maybe, maybe or research. Or businesses, you know, maybe I buy a conference company, maybe I buy a car company, maybe I buy a soda brand. I don't know what. But yes, buy something that I own the majority of and then deploy the VaynerMedia magic, which is just the scalable magic of me, and try to change that business to go from 200 million in sales to 800 million in sales and then sell it for 2.7 billion. Okay. Are you sometimes like scared or are you sometimes um, like insecure about being that everything depends on you so much? I mean, everything. VaynerMedia has your name. Like you're the, the, the poster boy of everything that you do. I mean... Aren't there people around you that tell you like, look, you have stuff has to become more independent from you? No, I'm not too worried about that. I think uh, I think people are very naive and don't realize that that's the case with all companies. Meaning, Apple's ne never going to be the same without Jobs. Like it's still successful, and that's great. But no, I'm not too worried about that. Like, I, it's how I've chosen to build it. And Apple in the first 10, 15 years relied completely on Steve Jobs. If Steve Jobs had died. 20 years earlier, it would have never uh, been what it is. And so Mark Zuckerberg, everything was on him and now it's not. And so eventually when I buy these other businesses, even VaynerMedia, look, Wine Library, Wine Library was completely dependent on me, 
but it's survived without me. It doesn't grow the same way, the same way that no company grows the same way when the person that really was the energy behind its uh, ascend is out of the equation. And so I think people are naive. There's a lot of Fortune 500 companies that when the CEO leaves, the company's never the same. It doesn't go out of business, but Wine Library didn't go out of business. If I leave VaynerMedia tomorrow, it doesn't go out of business. It just doesn't grow the same way. Well, how big is the wine business today? Is it, is it profitable? Is it still like at the same revenue size? That's right, but it stopped growing in revenue, which it wouldn't have if I was there. It would be doing 100, and that's okay. That's the reality of it. And why, why didn't you sell it? Because it's my family business and my dad owns it oh, as well. Okay, okay. So he, you know, he, that's his identity. That's what he loves doing, and, and so there was no reason to sell it. Okay, and then what's coming up with the TV? I mean, you just mentioned that you're going to be the star of a TV show soon. There's a new show called Planet of the Apps, where Will I Am, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Alba, and I are the four judges, and it's going to play on Apple TV uh, next spring, and I'm looking forward to it. And is it your conception, or did they just ask you to be a judge, or did you come up with the whole idea for the show? I was asked to be a judge. Okay, okay, okay. Um, um, anything like online marketing related that you see right now? I noticed that you're doing a lot of uh, Facebook lives and you're like really profiting from the whole Facebook um, uh, products that, that, are, that are a little newer. Anything else that you see right now that, that gives our listeners a competitive advantage in yes. online marketing and digital marketing yes. that you would recommend these days? Yes. The two, two things I recommend the most right now are Facebook ads and influencer marketing. To me, those are the two best deals in the ecosystem right now. I believe that mm -hmm. Facebook ads are underpriced, no matter the business, especially when you know how to target and create content for it. And I believe influencers are also the next most underpriced asset in marketing. People with large followings on different social networks that are, that are willing to give you awareness through sponsored ads or shout outs or whatever that may be. And to me, those are the two most interesting places to play. Okay. And how, how come you're partnering with Vimeo? I mean, I noticed that, that, uh, that uh, VaynerMedia has, has, partner, has, has created a partnership with Vimeo, the video company, and why not YouTube? Um, the quality of the Vimeo filmmakers was very interesting, uh, and, and YouTube has a more mature studio partnership process, so there wasn't the exclusive and, and deep relationship with YouTube that I could get with Vimeo, and Vimeo's brand to the film community and to the brand community is extremely high, even greater than YouTube's. Not for distribution, where YouTube is dramatically better, but for the quality of video. And so it just felt like the right kind of partnership and having access to those many filmmakers and things of that nature felt very attractive. Okay, okay. Um, then maybe like uh, towards the end, a couple, couple of personal questions. I mean, are you like, Like imagining you walking around in New York City, are you like getting like talked to like a, like a professional athlete, celebrity guy, or are you like when you go to a restaurant, are you are you being talked to? Are, are you how do, how does it feel to be Gary Vaynerchuk these days in New York? Yeah, that's over the last six months. It's definitely been a lot more. I think I've gone from D Rock and I make this joke. We went from one selfie a week or one selfie a month to six or seven a day. And you feel that, it's a difference. And so it's definitely a funny moment that, uh, you know, I like it. I've had plenty of narcissistic and ego DNA that allows this to be a lot of fun for me. Um, and, uh, and so, so far so good. It's not too crazy and it's just enough to make me feel special and feels nice. 
And I like why people like me. They like me because I've given them value for free that has changed their business uh, or, or, or something else they care about in the way they now run their lives or communicate. And so I'm, uh, I'm very thankful for the attention and even more so why I have the attention. I mean, are you aware that it's international? I mean, once we announced that you are speaking at our conference again, like we became inbounds calls and requests and people wanted to do stuff with you. And um, I mean, it seems like it really is international following. Are you, are you focusing on international followers or is it just a byproduct? It's a byproduct right now. I think I will more in the future. It is definitely, you know, something I would want. I, I, you know, to me, I see zero negativity with having every person on earth knowing who I am and what I stand for. And so, so it is, um, it's something on my mind. It's something that I would love to happen, but I'm not necessarily over-focusing on it right now. Okay. Okay. Um, anything that, that, that our um, attendees at the conference can look forward to? What do you talk about these days when you speak? Truth is, I'm going to, as we get closer to the conference, I'm going to reverse engineer who's in the audience. I'm going to speak to you guys on like, who's really there? What do they really want? Whatever, I usually talk about the state of the union of attention, right? What are people actually paying attention to? Uh, what's happening? Where's the underpriced attention? Where's the overpriced attention? What are the best digital tactics from one man's point of view? What, what do I think people are doing too much of, too little of? Uh, and, you know, between now and the talk, something may happen. I mean, think about it. What Instagram has done in the last three months is, is a game changer to the conversation. And, and if I had a set presentation on the ROI of Snapchat or, and its differences from everybody else, that would make no sense today. So I'm, I'm, what I'm very proud of is when I speak, I speak of that day, today, that moment. And I think that's made me a, a successful speaker and somebody that people like hearing. Is there anybody out there that you look up to or that you like, like try to like copy from a little bit or get inspired by? Is it like a Tim Ferriss type of model that you look up to Tim and look at what, how he does it? Or like, uh, is there anybody out there that, that sort of like influences you in the, in the way you like present your brand and, and develop your brand? Nope. But, but I love Tim and I, uh, who I know well, and I, and I love, you know, comedians like Chris Rock and Kevin Hart and things of that nature. And I think, and I love influencers like Jake Paul and, you know, and, and his brother Logan and people that are, you know, Jerome Jar and people that are trying to do it different ways. And so not really, I don't have time for that. I put it into my community. I've, I've always known who I was and how I roll. And so I, I think I've been original because I am original. And so I think it's a negative for me to pay attention to others not because I think I'm better, but because I know who I am and I know how I want to communicate. So I spend my time on actually being good at Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, and good at my job at VaynerMedia and good to my community. And I consume nobody's anything ever. Okay. And, and, and I mean, but you realize there's like a new thing in the world that's sort of like a, like a global speaker speaking, influencing economy for like digital people. Like of, Tim Ferriss is, is sort of like from a different angle. When, when did that all, whole, whole thing get started? And, and who do you, do you recommend for us maybe to look at? And who, do you, who would you recommend for us to like have as a speaker? And who do you think is, is doing a good job of like becoming the next Gary Vaynerchuk maybe even? That's a good question. Uh, uh, first of all, I'm about to go through security, so they're looking at me. I, I got another minute before I have to hang up. Um, yeah. uh, I would say I'm not sure, but I do like what Jake and Logan Paul are doing. I think they're very interesting, and they understand influencer and platform, and I think they could become that. Okay, okay. Where are you flying to? Uh, 
to Chattanooga. I have an office in Chattanooga and I have some business meetings there now and so that's where I'm headed. Okay, have a safe trip. See you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Vincent. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Gary Vaynerchuk. Now on a plane, we are going back to work and we'll see him in Hamburg on March 3rd. So if you like to come by and see Gary live on stage, meet him here in Hamburg, um, please check out onlinemarketingrockstars.com. Um, there we have a festival area. You have to navigate to the festival area, purchase tickets, check out the rest of the program. The rest of the program is also awesome. A lot of other great guys, great people on stage. Um, so hopefully we'll meet again on March 2nd for the exhibition and on March 3rd for the exhibition and the conference with Gary Vaynerchuk. Enjoy! <laughs>